The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Work. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Let's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarensi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustle, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday has begun. We're back in the saddle again, and the countdown is on the National Football League regular season. Set to kick off. We're getting biblical. Rick Saratella will step up and in from the NFL Draft Bible. McKinnis Picks from Wager Talk. Uh, Mo Khan, TSN Radio, uh, former wide receiver, Concordia Stinger. Uh, kicks it uh, with us on the Twisted Tuesday. It's great to be back. There's a ton of stuff to unpack uh, here on the program on the Sports Grid Radio Network's the loudest station in the nation. Let's start off on the diamond, even though the countdown to kickoff is on. We're going to have a lot of football talk, but let's start off uh, with some baseball. And um, I don't know, man, another night, another San Francisco Giants and another Los Angeles Dodgers win. Basically, the only time that these two teams don't win is when they play against uh, each other. And, you know, I was thinking about money left on the table. And I bet on the Dodgers pretty much daily. I was on the Dodgers tonight. And I bet on San Francisco a lot, but not enough. But let's do the math here right now. All right, so let, let's let's do the math so essentially, what are we at here? The Dodgers are at 88 wins right now. San Francisco's on the verge of 89. So uh, what's that? We've got uh, what's 177 wins. 177 wins to um, 101 losses. So you'd be 177 and 101 betting just on these two teams this year. You get into the run differential. The Dodgers have outscored their opponents by 224 runs. San Francisco have scored their opponents by 145 and counting in the late night hours. To put it in perspective, the Philadelphia Phillies, who are four games over 500, are minus 12 in run differential. All right? That's how dominant San Francisco and Los Angeles have been. And speaking of dominant, man, what's up with this? Every time we look up, Blake Snell, this guy's got a no-hitter going. But they always take him out of the game. You know, Blake Snell, you know, lasts uh, shorter than tennis players do. So, like, is it his fault? You remember, that's why he snapped in Tampa. He got tired of getting pulled all the time. All right? So, man, I don't know. He's doing it again. But I don't know. I won't get my hopes up. And at this point in time, I don't know if you're San Diego. I wouldn't be worried about no hitters. I'd just be worried about winning the damn baseball games because uh, you're you're in the middle of it right now as far as the wild card uh, is concerned. So, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in baseball. Uh, Garrett Cole leaving the game with an injury is not something that is cool. That's Carlito, old school. Whatever happened to that wrestler, Carlito? Remember Carlito? He stopped the apple. <clears throat> that's not cool. Carlito said, that's not cool. No, no, Garrett Cole leaving, especially if you got money on a Cy Young. 
Like, I've got money on him to win the Cy Young. That's not cool, as Carlito would say. That's not cool at all. So, yeah, Garrett Cole had to leave the game. Hey, man, the Blue Jays are winning baseball games right now. And it really makes you uh, wonder if the Blue Jays didn't have to play in Buffalo and Tampa what their record would be. I know nobody cares. They don't exist. They don't really count, right, because they're in Canada. So it doesn't matter. Because if the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees had to play every one of their damn home games on the road for the last two years, they wouldn't complain at all. At all. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Trace. That's right. We're back. Let's do this. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. The loudest station in the nation. Shout-out to our AM radio affiliates. The countdown is on NFL football. We're all over it. We're going to go over the point spreads tonight. Uh, all over the uh, week one lines, week two college football. And uh, for those of you that tuned in to the program on a nightly basis last week, know um, that we absolutely crushed, murdered. There should be an arrest warrant out for me right now after we killed uh, the college football card as much as we did over the weekend. But now we've shifted gears to the National Football League. But we started, we started to investigate a little bit collegiately. You know, I know what games there are and stuff like that, but I'm not going to lie to you. We went into NFL mode over the last, like, 24 hours, knowing that, hey, you know what? It's time. Listen, I actually bet the preseason and stuff, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, like, always staring down week one point spreads and stuff. I kind of live in the now. Yes, I bet a lot of futures, but I'm not, like, especially in a COVID world. I don't really, I don't like pulling the trigger on point spreads until the final moment. And speaking of COVID, Man, we got a crazy-ass story. Remember last year when the Denver Broncos had to uh, start Kendall Hinton, practice squad wide receiver, and they played the uh, big victim card? They wanted the game postponed. You know, it's not fair that they're being forced to play. Well, it turns out the Los Angeles Times reports the Denver Broncos brought this upon themselves. In an effort to fool the COVID tracing system, the four quarterbacks of the Denver Broncos removed their contact tracing devices, placed them in four different corners of a meeting room, and then all went and sat in the middle of a room together. 30 seconds. Like the fact that you guys are professional athletes and get paid to make decisions. What the hell is this, an episode of Cops and you're taking your ankle bracelet off to go to the liquor store? What are you, in high school? Like, skipping high school? And I, I know how we can fool the principal? You're a professional athlete, man. I, I actually, no. You're a Denver Bronco quarterback. Or I should say Denver Donkeys. Professional, yeah. My donkey's ass. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Hey, you tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. Speak up, George. I can't hear you. You tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. A classic clip. You tell those, <laughs> you tell those bastards, you tell those bastards, no Yankees ever coming to Houston. Great, uh, great clips. It's actually crazy. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld called in to WFAN the other night, called uh, the Steve Summers uh, show, and um, and talked about Mets fans booing and stuff. And I think Seinfeld was bang on. I actually said the same thing. I said the same thing. There's one thing to boo if, like, the team, like, you know what I mean, they, there's a scandal. They did something. Or, you know, they it's their fault that something happened. If you're just booing somebody because they strike out, then you're just a jackass, right? And then if you're one of these people, oh, I paid my money, I get to, I get to say what I want to a player, then you're a bigger jackass. And, and like, you know what I mean? I, I look at the owner of the match, Steve Cohen. He's ripping his players on Twitter. This is unacceptable. They have to hit better. So what the hell do you think fans are going to do after? You see Dodgers ownership called out Cody Bellinger on Twitter when he struggles? No. And he doesn't struggle anymore, right? But, you know, fans, fans, it's not just a New York thing, but it's a bigger thing in New York where they think it's like some sort of like their right and privilege to like abuse the players that play in the city that they play in. But Seinfeld's right. Sports is an escape. And... You know, uh, you have lot, you have you have problems. You're getting a divorce. You know what I mean. Your job sucks. You don't have a job. This, that, and a million other things goes on in your life. And you go to a sporting event. You want your favorite team to win, and it's an escape. And when the team sucks, you remember your life sucks, and then you you take it out on the team. And as Jerry Seinfeld said, a very smart man, he said, "You're actually booing yourself. <laughs> You're actually booing yourself." All right, Mo Khan steps up in it. Mo's a smart enough man to understand the wisdom. Mo Khan, TSN Radio. How you doing, Mo? And meteorologist, football player, and all the above. Always, always a pleasure, Mo. <laughs> always a pleasure. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Well, listen, I want to get to something uh, here. So I know you, you respect history, Mo, of, of the game. And, and, you know, it's pretty crazy. Sam Cunningham and what this guy accomplished to me, Sam Cunningham, and I didn't know. You know, I, I learned as the years went on, but I didn't know when I was a kid that Sam Cunningham in my era. And it's it's funny, guys, being a Bills fan, I didn't hate the Patriots as a kid because the Patriots weren't good, right? Like the Patriots were terrible. Like they were worse than the Jets, and the Jets sucked. So like, like they they weren't good. It was like the Dolphins were good, like the Colts were in the division. And like the Bills were, the Bills were like a nine and seven, ten and six type of team all the time, and the Patriots were like a clown show. Remember, so Steve Grogan, Irving Fryer, Andre Tippett. Now listen, they got good and they got smoked in the Super Bowl by the Bears in the mid '80s. But when I was a kid, like in the '70s into the early '80s, one of my favorite players was Sam Cunningham, and he was actually the older brother of Randall Cunningham, guys. And uh, just a true legend. So it's amazing about this guy's story, though. 
So, you know, he's like, he's in the ring of honor. He's like the Patriots all-time rushing leader at the time and stuff. You know, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, dominant guy, like, you know, national championships and you know, four touchdowns in a Rose Bowl type thing against Ohio State, et cetera. But the strongest and most powerful, uh, you know, thing about this guy is the fact. So in 1970, and I tweeted this earlier about today, I was sort of disgusted. It's pretty crazy to put in context, huh? Think about it. In 1970, the Alabama football team was all white. Look where they now, and and they were all white, and the SEC was pretty much all white, and but because it was all Bear Bryant, it was like the bully of the conference and stuff, and Sam Cunningham and the USC Trojans went in to Alabama, and Cunningham ran for 135 yards and two touchdowns, a, uh, a mixed USC team beat an all-white Alabama team. Um, assistant coach, assistant coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, said Sam Cunningham did more uh, for integration and to tra- change race in Alabama in 60 minutes than Martin Luther King did in 20 years. Well, that's a pretty strong statement. And Sam Cunningham responded and said, they don't respect black people still. They only care now because they know we can help them win football games. It's amazing how the times have changed, but they really haven't. A true icon of the game, and like Lynn Swan, who was his USC teammate, said today, said people should be appreciative. People that are in the SEC in the South don't realize it was whites only. And... They were down, and it took that USC team and Sam Cunningham to hand her ass to them to realize this, and it sort of changed things, but Sam Cunningham was never, like, honored by this. He said, nah, he said, kind of, they're still racist. He said, it's just, so what? So, you know, so what? They recruit black players so they can win games. They don't, their fans don't think any differently. Very powerful man, and if you're into football history, cultural history, I encourage people to look up Sam Bam Cunningham. How cool is that story? And then on top, how cool is it when you're Randall Cunningham's older brother, bro? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fairly cool story, Gabe. And you think about Cunningham's impact back at that time when segregation was at its forefront. Uh, it definitely was something that was eye-popping because I remember reading that up when USC went to Tuscaloosa and, and just ran all over Bama, right? And Bear Bryant realized, holy bleep, I need to get you know, make sure I integrate all athletes, regardless of your skin color, to be on this football program because we don't. We're going to get run off the field by the Bamas, by the USC's of the world, and so on and so forth here. So definitely, Cunningham was a pioneer for the sport of college football, and perhaps he did unite people in that sense. But again, uh, he may not take credit for what had happened, but no question, he definitely has an important, integral role in the world of football and how it was back in the 40s and 50s and 70s and 80s, so on and so forth. One of my favorite players in the 70s, and then into the 80s and 90s, then Randall Cunningham. And like I said, like, you know, the, I didn't hate the Patriots and those the Patriots never won anything. But even Randall Cunningham was one of those players that didn't matter if you were like, you didn't have to be an Eagles fan to like Randall Cunningham. You know what I mean? It was like, man, the guy was just a badass. And, and you know, he's the leading punter in the NCAA, too. Randall Cunningham was a great punter with UNLV, man. He could smoke it. Um, but I, I tell you one thing, Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant would not be impressed. And I don't like a lot of Bear Bryant's um, 
Bear Bryant's uh, thoughts, uh, but I'm sure that he would not be a fan if he watched college football today and saw all of the uh, the targeting. And, man, anybody that you guys watched the game last night, you guys watched the game last night, and there was four players ejected in the first half. Not one of the plays was like, oh, God, that was like over the top, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Every one of them. Every one of them was like, all right, yeah. Like, I don't know. Have you ever think, you know what? That's what penalties are for. That's what you have a penalty flag for. Throw the damn flag, you know, tack on 15 yards, and let's play ball. Like, enough, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, so what? Like, if it's a hard hit now, the kid gets tossed out of the game, and I get it. You want to protect the players. I'm all about player safety. Uh, I really am. And honestly, I think players are idiots for leading with their head, the defenders, the way that they do. They don't want to just man up and tackle, so they lead with their head, and that's how they're going to get spinal injuries. But I'm so sick and damn tired of watching these quarterbacks run for first downs, just gallop along like there's a kid playing with their dog in their backyard, and they decide to slide at the last second, and then they get smoked in the head because it's an awkward slide, and it's a targeting call. It's a garbage call. More with Mo Khan on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I guess we're back, or at least I sort of think so, once again. And you know, like I said, it's unfortunate there's actually a knife in front of me right now. And I actually thought, as I started the show, you know, it's probably not a good idea to leave this knife dangling on the tip of this table. (laughs) Like it is uh, right now. And now I just look, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, look, look, look at, look at the knife, huh? Uh, Look, look at the knife. Uh, yeah, somebody's got to fall on the knife, and it looks like it's going to be us so far. Apologies to Mo Khan, um, as we've lost Mo. Uh, we've lost Mo, so I guess it's just that uh, you and me uh, once again here this evening, or at least for now. Um, at least for now. As, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time, 
And, you know, you try to just sort of roll with things, but after a while, it's sort of like getting hit by a pitch. You get hit by six pitches in a row. It's like you're eventually, you know, you get knocked out. But I believe we're up and running right now. We've lost communication with everybody. And um, we'll just go on, I guess, right now until the next uh, to the next time they decide to randomly play music in and out. So as I was saying, anyone who watched the game last night, targeting, targeting is out of control. And you can talk, you know, about player safety and stuff all you want. But there's a difference between player safety and there's a difference between just like ridiculousness. And that's like the, the thing is, because there's a penalty on a play. If you rough the quarterback and you smoke the quarterback in college football, just call a penalty and say, all right, listen, that's a penalty. You shouldn't have done that, right? And we all know if you get two personal fouls, you're out anyways. So, like, the instant sort of let's just kick the kid out right away because it's targeting, and then it's almost like anything like slow motion video replay and stuff. You slow anything down. You're going to see whatever the hell you want to see. And you slow it down, oh, look, oh, look, and now it's slow motion. It really looks like he hit him. Yeah, well, it's easy to say when you're a 62-year-old ref that works at Home Depot during the week, and, and you're doing a game, and then you're talking about, wow, look, he should have slowed down. Like I said, these quarterbacks slide all the time, and they, they slide, and what happens? To me, it's more dangerous to slide like this. Number one, none of them know how to slide. They all slide awkwardly. So always, they're always about to injure their knees and stuff when they slide. And then they're sliding in a vulnerable position where they're, they're like face first and their head up. And then inevitably, players come flying in. And what if you're a defender, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just let the quarterback run for as long as he wants to? And then he slides at the last second. And the quarterback almost baits the players to get the flag now. Right? And then, and, then, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, that was gruesome. I can't believe they just hit the quarterback like that. Well, as we stated, the quarterback, the quarterback is bringing this upon themselves. It's the same crap with baseball. Oh, let's, let's crack that on the pitchers. Let's try to move the mound back because the, because the hitters only try to hit home runs now. Well, maybe if the hitters actually try to make contact instead of their stupid launch angle and only try to hit home runs because they make money, Right. Like, you don't change the rules for people. And that's what we're doing right now. Like, so, how is it any safer? Like, basically, if I was a coach, I would tell my quarterback that, like, I'll, I'll personally kill you if you slide like this. It's the stupidest thing you can do. Like, you're better off just getting tackled. You're better off just getting hit at this point in time. All right? Like, you're better off. Like, I'm dead serious. How many times have quarterbacks really gotten hurt scrambling and running around and stuff? Yeah, once, you know, seriously. How many guys have been, like, smoked? It's like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know how many dudes have been smoked in the head and been viciously hit with these stupid slides? You see it all the time. Like, smart quarterbacks, like Kyler Murray won't pull that crap. Kyler Murray will just run out of bounds. It's pretty simple. Why risk getting hit? Like I said, they're... They're encouraging the penalty. It's You know what it is? It's like a hockey player that goes in to the corner and doesn't protect himself. He just la-di-da goes in and then is surprised when someone smokes him, right? And then he goes flying face-first into the boards. It's like, yeah, bro, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of dangerous, but it was more dangerous of you to actually encourage the guy to do that. Because you're trying to bait him into doing this to get a penalty, yet what's really going to happen, you're going to end up like breaking your neck or something. And, and everybody knows, like, you protect yourself against the boards. So it's the same thing. The quarterbacks leave themselves in a vulnerable position. They get hit, and then the penalty is called, well, it's a defenseless uh, player in a vulnerable position. Or it's like the old school ref once said, giving them the business. Which I believe that was actually on, uh, it was a Jets-Bills game that game. And I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Mark Gastineau. I'm pretty sure it was Mark Gastineau that was the one that was actually giving him the business. You know, the, the deal is, there's certain, like, you look at running backs as well. You know, some guys get hurt, some guys don't. It's about, like, not, it's about knowing how to get tackled and knowing how to fall and stuff like that. Right? Like, you know who's good at it? LaShawn McCoy. It's not like he lasted as long as he did in the National Football League, right? Same with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray got, like, his separated shoulder there. He's a smaller dude, but, like, Kyler Murray, um, Lincoln Riley said it about Kyler Murray when he was coming into the league when people said, oh, he's small and stuff. And, and the Oklahoma coaching staff said that he basically never got hit. Right? It's not impossible. Every once in a while, you're going to get lit up. You know who does get lit up? Is Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Like, Lamar doesn't really get it. Like, Lamar Lamar doesn't really slide. Lamar just takes off, and he does that sort of little sideline thing where he'll dangle along the sidelines, and it's the same thing. If you're a defender, what are you going to do? You can either let him run down the sidelines past you, or you can smoke him and probably get flat because always going out of bounds. But, like, Lamar Jackson takes too many hits. Kyler's pretty good at avoiding it. It's pretty much, you know, it's a, it's a skill. It's a skill to, to actually have, right? Like, same thing with wide receivers and stuff. Some guys, like, they get injured more, more than others, right? But, th- like I said, the targeting stuff, though, is out of freaking control. It goes back to, the, like, the playoffs last year, all right? It goes back to the playoffs Remember the Clemson-Ohio State game? And Justin Fields got smoked. I forget the dude's name. He was like the defensive captain on Clemson. And it was a hard-ass hit. All right? Like, he got like a helmet to the back type thing. All right? But was it like a – was it a dirty hit? No. You're playing for the national title in the semifinals here. It is football. Right? It is football. So – he got smoked. Justin Fields looked like he was dead, right? Like, Fields, like, got, like, really lit up. And he was down, and it was like, oh, and it was like a hesitation. If memory serves me correctly, Fields actually got up right after the hit and then sort of fell again, right? So it made it look worse. And it was like a hesitation penalty as Fields' reaction to it. And then they call it, and then they're like, well, since we just called it, we have to look for targeting. And they kick the kid out of the game. Like I said, man, these kids only play in like 12 games. Right? There's only 12 games in a year. You know how many stupid practices they go through? You know how much crap they have to go through? Right? Like in in two-a-day practices and dealing with the coaches and the violations and the COVID protocols. And... 
So the kid's all fired up. He's playing on Monday Night Football on national television. Makes a big play, hits somebody kind of hard, and he's kicked out of the game. Well, sorry, kid, you got 11 games left right now. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. So we throw it down on the Twisted uh, Tuesday <laughs> on Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. It's a nice hard out right there on the way out. Um, as I stated, like if this is like opening night or something, we're losing like 48 nothing already. I like to be on the Bills, not the Jets. Uh, you know, I like to be on the Bills, Matthias, not the Jets, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but hey, you know, I guess it's a good thing. The regular season's still two days away. All right. So as we we're just talking about targeting, um, college football is a beautiful sport. It's a fun sport. You know, it's nice to have the, the cycle fans back and stuff and the bands and all that type of stuff. But the, the targeting, as I stated, you're kicking starters out of the game. You're having an impact on the game. You're screwing up kids' careers. They're trying to showcase themselves to, to make it to the National Football League as well. And you got some jackass referee that is, like, over-officiating. Right? Let the kids play. If there's something, you know, that's over the top, fine. Right? But it's it was just it's it's over the top right now. Like Lane Kiffin stated, maybe uh, maybe we need the Big Ten. Maybe we need the Big Ten officials to teach us how to tackle. So we'll get back to the college uh, football board. There is a lot of stuff uh, to get to here uh, tonight. Yeah, it's a crazy ass world that we live in. All right. So we already know how stupid this world is to begin with. Yeah, this is one of these tweets that I saw. Except I know it's my boy John Lerner that retweeted it. I know he's not retweeting crap. 
So I was like, yeah, this can't be true, but I guess it could be true at the same point in time. I was like, yeah, it actually probably is true if you think about it. Donald Trump, you know, like most former presidents do, like they write books and they have presidential libraries and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know, they go fishing. They make a ton of money to make give speeches and they write books. Um, no, Donald Trump is doing... Uh, Donald Trump is going to be color analyst uh, this weekend. Just when you think like things like, you know, the world, like Jake Paul and the Paul brothers and all this type of stuff is like insane. I think we've, I think we have a new contender right now. Donald Trump to commentate on the Evander Holyfield. That's right. Evander Holyfield's fighting. I believe Evander Holyfield's 58. Is he 58 to match the 58 children that he has? Uh, so Evander Holyfield's fighting against Vitor Belfort because that's the fight that was need we've all needed to see over the last uh, decades. <laughs> like, first off, who the hell is sanctioning? Where is this? I got my guess. Is this in Texas? It's, it's got to be Florida, right? Florida, Texas. I was going to say Oklahoma, but I don't even think Oklahoma would do this. Uh, I think Oklahoma, like, you know, Oklahoma used to sanction these crazy boxing events, but I think they learned their lesson. <laughs> right, so, um, yes, of course, it's at the Seminole Hard Rock and Casino Resort in Hollywood, Florida. Like, is this, like, like before we even get into, like, the craziness of the fact that Donald Trump is going to be one of the color commentators of this, I can't get over the fact that Evander Holyfield is fighting Vitor Belfort. And Evander Holyfield is a replacement for Oscar De La Hoya. I remember the good old days when Oscar De La Hoya was like an Olympic hero. And like when Oscar De La Hoya was like one of the best boxers of all time. And I remember the good old days when Oscar De La Hoya's biggest embarrassment was that he was dressed up in a dress doing a bunch of blow in a hotel room in Vegas. Like, why does Oscar De La Hoya do these things? Why are you doing this? Like, aren't you rich already? Like, this is like, like this is like psychotic behavior. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I, you know, I can pretend that I'm one right now. Like, honestly, like, what's your deal, Oscar? <laughs> like, do you crave? What are you craving here? What fame? You're not gonna get famous for like fighting Vitor Belfort. Eight round boxing match. Like uh, Evander Holyfield had a great fight with George Foreman, and they were old then. How many years ago was that fight? And that was a great fight. George Foreman was like nearly fifty too. That was a great fight. Yeah, like like what the hell are we doing here? Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I got suckered into it, and I watched uh, Woodley. I watch Woodley and Paul, but I can't, like, don't, please don't ask me about who I got in Evander Holyfield and, uh, and, and Peter Belfort. Like, like, what, what, like, who, who, so I guess, so it was the Seminole tribe that sanctioned this, huh? Man, you guys will, like, put a stamp on anything, evidently. And so I can't, I can't get over the actual fight aspect of this. 
and the stupidity of the actual fight. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, the fight itself. Like, can we get much lower than this? Like, Evander Holyfield, like, basically, like, I don't know, like, why don't you just wrestle a bear and stuff like that at this point in time? Like, why don't we just have a handicap match against, like, little people? Like, what, what the hell are we doing here? And now we throw in the fact that Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump will be one of the special special guest analysts. Uh, one thing we will give uh, Trump credit for, he was around the UFC in the early days, Trump released a statement. I love, uh, I love great fighters and great fights. I look forward to seeing both uh, this Saturday night and sharing my thoughts ringside. <laughs> you don't want to miss this special event. Yeah, the question is, what's he going to be sharing his thoughts on? <laughs> and I'm going to give Trump an idea here, and I'm not going to get credit for it. He's not going to give me any money for it. But I'm going to give you a, an idea, Mr. President. Why don't you should have you? He wouldn't do this because I don't think he wants to go head to head with his buddy Dana White, but Trump MMA. Trump MMA. He signed Colby Covington. Uh, you have like Herschel Walker, Evander Holyfield. <laughs> Vitor Belfort I just love it too because there's no like two cleaner athletes in the world than Evander Holyfield and Vitor Belfort like you know what this is a classic example though of like sort of try to save your money in life like, like if you're Evander, same thing with Evander Holyfield like think of it guys Evander Holyfield is one of the greatest boxers of all time all right, he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. Evander Holyfield made a lot of money. And I'm not going to judge somebody. I'm not going to judge somebody for having children. All right? I mean, that's the, I guess that's the God's intentions, right? But I think there comes a point where, you know, What's the, uh, the, the, the family? Enough, uh, eight is enough, enough is enough. All right, so he's only got 12, actually. He's up to 12. And listen, raising 12 kids costs a lot of money. And the real question really is, how many different, like, uh, how many, uh, how many different, let's see, how much does he pay? Holyfield disagreed to pay for the boys' private school, maintaining $3,000 per month in child support. It's not too, so he pays, actually he's only paying $36,000 a year, it says. $3,000 a year, I don't know how the hell he pays so light. Holyfield lives in a mansion on a 200-acre estate in Fayette County. Said he was satisfied with the outcome. Holyfield has grossed more than $248 million in ring purses, including 107 over a six-fight stretch from 1996. But he's been hard hit financially by two previous divorces, several failed business ventures, and child support, which believed to be as high as. All right, so this is the new settlement he has. So this is what I'm talking about. Nine of his. All right, so he's got. <laughs> she's up to 12 right now. But only two of them live with him. 
he's got two, and then he's got like 10 others type of thing. And it is believed that he paid $500,000 each during the peak for nine of his 11 uh, children annually. Like I said, at some point, you've got to say to yourself, like, hey, what section are the condoms in? You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, like, you know, I think, like, after, like, you know, like, you know, at some point, you have to think, you know what, maybe, maybe this is the wrong path I'm going down here because, and I love, I love this stuff. I love being a parent, but, you know, I'm spending a lot of money here, and I'm going to end up having to fight some steroid jacked up psychopath, former mixed martial artist in a boxing ring in a casino in Florida at 58 years old. How much money is he getting for this? That's the whole thing. You, you know, you, you have this type of family, this is what happens, and you find yourself in a situation like this. It's hard to know. I feel sorry for like the old time guys. You know what I mean? Like guys like Larry Holmes and uh, even, you know, George Foreman in the early days. I think George Foreman probably made more money off of his grill, uh, made more money off of his grill uh, than he did boxing. Probably like Foreman, like, you know, became a personality and sort of spun it and, you know, hustled it. You know, like Muhammad Ali didn't make massive money, right? Like the amount of money that these guys make now, the amount of money these guys make now is a little bit different. You know, like the great ones, you know, even the great, great ones didn't, you know, didn't make this type of money. So it's hard, though, to feel sorry for a guy like Evander Holyfield. It's like, dude, you made $300 million, bro. It's like you made as much money as the band U2 did. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you've when you've made that much money, it's hard to say, oh, it's kind of a shame and stuff. I don't think Vitor Belfort's doing it for the money. I think Vitor Belfort will fight anybody anytime. Vitor Belfort will fight me right now if you give him five hundred bucks. Like you know what I mean? I, I think Vitor Belfort actually is doing it, but I don't know. This is kind of dangerous, to be honest. Like Vitor Belfort can mess Evander Holyfield up, man. Like, let's be real. How much juice is Vitor? Uh, like, this is how much juice does this guy have in him? More than the Tropicana orange juice fart. Evander's 58 years old. Poor bastard's already got his ear bitten off before. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
Late Night Anger Management Class. I am Ramsey. We're on uh, an early, I guess it's the Labor Day Marathon. I'm Jerry Lewis. Where are the kids? It's a telethon. Uh, the telethon has begun. Uh, just uh, just you and me uh, here this evening. All right, that's that's it. There's no guests. All right. Rick Saratella, actually, in level three, uh, we hope, um, at this point in time. I think so. Um, so, yeah, 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 it's the late night anger management uh, class, and the level of rage is uh, is building, but at least the Dodgers won uh, this evening. That softens the blow a little bit. So yeah, I was just talking about Evander Holyfield. I, you know, whatever, Trump, whatever, man. Trump wants to be in public. He's like Oscar De La Hoya. It's fitting that this thing, like if you look at this, it's like basically an episode of The Apprentice. I think that, uh, you know, De La Hoya has been on The Apprentice. Like I said, though, I remember like when the good old days when De La Hoya's biggest embarrassment was just being all coked up and dressed up in a dress. Now, you know, now, like at what point, like, are they too old, man? Like is, like, 58, like, is it 60? <laughs> like, you know, and listen, there's some people that are 58 years old that are in great shape and stuff. Like Herschel Walker, I don't know how old Herschel Walker is. I wouldn't mess with that guy. I wouldn't want to mess with Evander Holyfield. But the thing is, like, he's not all there anymore, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, like, shouldn't someone, like, like, everyone always says this. Oh, it's a real shame, man. You see these guys, they get all beat up and stuff. Well, don't let it happen then. Right? Don't let them fight. Like, somebody should say, no, you know what, Evander? No. You know what? You want to be part of the broadcast team? We'd love to have you. It's already a freak show. So you want to be part of the broadcast team with President Trump? Go ahead. All right? But no, you can't fight. Like, you know, like, what are we doing here? Like, every time I think we hit, we've hit a new low, and because I got blown away, actually. I, at first, I was like, yeah, it's kind of funny that Trump's doing this. And then I just sort of, I, it, I clued in. Oh, yeah, Anderson Silva's boxing against Tito Ortiz as well. What is this on Saturday? I would rather watch UMass play Colgate than this crap.